It is Friday, June 16, 2023, and welcome to episode 233 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and I'm joined by Lester Munson, NSI's senior fellow and former staff director at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and Morgan Venus, special guest, senior fellow at NSI, and the former chief of staff to the UN ambassador. So today we're talking about this historic visit by Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas to Beijing. Uh, it's historic, not because uh, it, the Palestinian Authority is going to Beijing. They've done it before a number of times. But on this trip, Abu Mazen, uh, oftentimes a nickname for uh, for uh, Muhammad Abbas, Abu Mazen went there and signed a strategic cooperation agreement with the Chinese Communist Party, with the Chinese government. Um, this also came at a time when China uh, has expressed its interest and its desire and its willingness uh, to engage in uh, the Palestinian-Israeli uh, debate, uh, trying to find a path forward. Uh, they also, President Xi Jinping also expressed his direct support for the Palestinian position that is a return to 1967 borders, uh, the uh, the um, capital of a Palestinian state in East Jerusalem. These are uh, important moves by China, which has increasingly shown uh, a desire and interest in getting engaged in Middle East politics. Of course, the United States, uh, since President Barack Obama talked about it many years ago, uh, has made a theoretical pivot to Asia uh, that has concerned all of our allies uh, and adversaries or, or concerned our allies and given our adversaries an opportunity in the Middle East. Um, and now we see yet again uh, more uh, adversary activity, this time uh, China. We've seen Russia doing it as well. Russia's gotten increasingly active um, in Syria and has sold uh, arms, the S-400 missiles, to Turkey. Um, and now the Chinese, in addition to having uh, done this uh, strategic cooperation agreement with the Palestinians, uh, comes on the heels of them brokering what may or may not be a uh, improved uh, situation between Saudi Arabia and Iran, or at least the, the beginning of diplomatic relations. So with all this, should we be pivoting away from the Middle East to Asia, or is Asia pivoting, and China in particular, pivoting towards the Middle East and 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 taking, uh, taking advantage of our uh, failure to be leading in that area? Morgan, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is an issue, or at least a headline, that may not seem like a lot, but it's demonstrative of a, a much bigger issue here. And that is China is expanding its role as a global power player. And this move really, I think, fulfills several of Beijing's objectives. First, it puts pressure on Israel, which has been reducing its business with China because of U.S. pressure to do so. It demonstrates China's diplomatic power, which is significantly concerning for the United States, given our traditional presence in the region, which many Arab countries believe that we are retreating from. It appeals to Arab states who China is increasingly doing business with. Look at Saudi Arabia, look at UAE. And then finally, it really pokes America and our Western partners in the eye when in front of the developing world. You know, I, I totally agree with you, Morgan. And, you know, I mean, this is a problem not just amongst, you know, sort of, you know, Biden or Obama liberals who say we need to pivot to Asia. There are many, many conservatives who also say that the, that the United States can't walk and chew gum at the same time, that we have to focus on China, the larger threat. Uh, we can't waste time in the Middle East. I happen to think those folks are wrong. Plus, where do you where do you weigh in on this? Yeah. So I'm in a different place. Uh, I don't think this is a big deal. In fact, what? I think it's actually evidence that. China's diplomatic wherewithal is not very good. I take no joy in saying this, but the Palestinian geostrategic importance has never been lower. 
Nobody talks to them. The, even the other Arab states don't defend their interests anymore. This is very different than 20 or 30 years ago. The Palestinians are desperate for any kind of friend. The fact that Beijing is hosting them for some sort of four-day conference and talking about strategic agreements means that the effectively, that the Palestinians and the Chinese have nothing else to do. Uh, and so they're going to make an agreement that doesn't really mean very much. Now, what, what, would, what would matter would be if China had some sort of strategic agreement with Israel and the Palestinians, that might be of concern and evidence that the U.S. ability to bring folks together in the Middle East and, and affect change on the ground is being impinged by China. This, to me, signals almost nothing. And, and it, kind of, it kind of makes me think, much, much like China's foreign aid program, the Belt and Road Initiative, which is a, a, a massive failure on a number of fronts, that China just doesn't know what it's doing diplomatically. They're picking someone who's, who's kind of uh, the, the cheapest option out there. They get no benefit from this. Uh, it, it, it makes me think the, the Chinese don't know what they're doing. Now, the one thing I would be concerned about, uh, which is, and I don't know what we do about this, is that the U.S. is no longer a consumer of Middle Eastern energy resources. China is. That's simply the reality of the world economy right now. We are largely energy independent. China is mm. not. China needs the yeah. Middle East. China is flailing around trying to find a way to be relevant in the region. Frankly, I don't think this move is very smart. Okay. I mean, there's so much, there's so much wrong in what you just said there. But Morgan, what do you think? I mean, it's just, I mean, just wrong. But Morgan. Yeah, no, the Chinese are taking advantage of a multipolar world here. Um, as Jamil, as you said in your introduction, the United States is perceived from, as retreating from the region, right? We're perceived to pivoting to the Indo-Pacific. Uh, you know, clearly we've been trying to do this for some time, but this administration has really made the Indo-Pacific AOR a priority. And as a result of that, that has our, partners in the Middle East hedging, right? And so they are making deals with China. And China's diplomatic clout is growing within the international yes. community. It's not about BRI anymore for them, for them. They're projecting diplomatic influence. And we are seeing this with, I mean, granted, it's kind of laughable, but a peace plan for Ukraine. But more significantly, the, the right. Iran-Saudi deal, putting themselves as a for, champion as for a negotiated two-state solution is concerning. And yeah. we should definitely be paying attention to this. Yeah, I totally agree. And by the way, you know, I think unless you're right that the Palestinians have largely been marginalized by things like the Abraham Accords, uh, they've been thrown off, they've been thrown off the bus uh, by their own allies in the region. Um, but the fact that they've lined up a major world superpower to sign a strategic cooperation agreement, I mean, it's a, it's a huge issue. And the idea that like this doesn't matter and it's uh, irrelevant, I mean, that's just, that's just wrong. And by the way, the U.S. is not, not a consumer of Middle East oil. We buy a ton of Middle East oil. We are no longer energy independent. We were once energy independent. We no longer are. Many of our wells are now shut in because of what happened in the COVID pandemic and the failure of the Biden administration's regulatory policies to permit enough U.S. oil domestic drilling to actually allow us to be energy independent. So less like wrong on all fronts. I mean, hopefully you have some sort of a coherent response because I didn't hear one on the last. Folks, one. folks, you're, we're talking about two different things. Uh, you're, you're trying to say this diplomatic initiative of China is significant for the U.S. It is not. Uh, this will result in no peace activity happening in the Middle East. It, well, the net effect on the ground will be nothing. Uh, the strategic agreement between Beijing and Ramallah. By the way, they announced oh, a, uh, a a sister yes. cities agreement between Ramallah and Wuhan. And so, what? like, if there's, so if, there, crazy. if there's no better bumper sticker for why this thing is kind of ridiculous, it, it's it's that. I totally agree. Right? This is this is like it's almost like it's, an onion it's headline. Notable, look, folks. It is notable that China is increasing its diplomatic presence in in issues that. 
uh, at least on the surface, are very important. And, and we should, and we should be paying attention to Chinese diplomacy. This deal in and of itself, to me, is a signal that it's actually not working very well for Beijing. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Gabriel Otis and Claude Jennings for the help producing today's episode. Please join us again on Wednesday, since we're taking Monday off for Juneteenth. Please join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is also now up on YouTube, so you can see our smiling faces um, on the internet on NSI's YouTube page. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, right now, wherever you get your podcasts.